Hey friends, and welcome to episode 38 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and you might remember today's guest, Krista Hutchins, from the bonus episode about remote working success back in March, right as all of our offices were closing up so we could hunker down for the first few months of COVID-19 stay-at-home measures. So let me introduce you or reintroduce you to Krista. Krista Hutchins uses tough grace to equip busy communicators and leaders with project management and problem solving skills so they can turn their big ideas into a successful ministry or business. She is passionate about teaching women to find practical application of the Bible in their personal, professional, and ministry lives. Krista lives in South Louisiana with her husband in their delightfully empty nest. I'm thrilled that Krista is back to share more of her story, and here on It's About Time, that story always includes a behind-the-scenes look at how my guests do life, and this episode is no exception. In fact, Krista shares exactly how she stays on top of her 9-to-5, 40-hour-a-week full-time job in the engineering industry how she uses her bonus time to support female entrepreneurs and ministry leaders as they grow their businesses, and she still makes time to love on her family. For Krista, it comes down to having a time management system that's flexible, fast, portable, and easy to search. And that means going digital. Now, I know some of you listening are diehard paper planner users, but hear me and Krista out. You might find some inspiration that you can use in your current system or some opportunities to take baby steps in the direction of going digital. In today's conversation with Krista, she shares four reasons to ditch your paper planner in favor of going digital, the three common mistakes people make when making the switch from paper to digital, And she's not afraid to admit that she made them too. And she reveals the three secrets for a successful transition to digital planning. Plus, she shares her favorite digital tools and a free downloadable printable tool she's created just for It's About Time listeners who are ready to make the switch. You're gonna love it. I just know it. In addition to her expertise on powerful planning systems, Krista knows a thing or two about powerful partnerships. In fact, right now, you can catch a replay of her recent workshop, Growing Together, Keys to Landing Online Partnerships, by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash growing together. If you've ever wondered how to find new people who need what you do and will fuel the growth of your business or ministry, but you're just not sure where to find them or how to get started, you won't want to miss Krista's free workshop and resources. Again, you can register to learn all of this powerful partnership goodness by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash growing together. And I'll be sure to link this over in the show notes. And by the way, the show notes for this episode can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 38. 
And as if Krista isn't jam-packing enough value into her interview today and her free workshop, you can also get your hands on her Ditch Your Paper Planner 12-Week Plan, a totally free, downloadable, printable tool that Krista's created for anyone ready to take the first steps toward going digital with their planning. Again, you can see the show notes and grab this free resource from Krista at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 38. Finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click that subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. And if you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find it's about time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Krista, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's, it's a good week going on over here. How about you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of It's About Time. It's so exciting to have you back on the show. Those of you listening will probably remember Krista from a bonus episode that we recorded back in March, right after stay-at-home measures were instituted as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, And Krista shared her best tips for remote work as a remote work veteran. So thank you again so much for providing such amazing resources for us back in March. Oh, it was great to share with you guys about that. I, I'm, I hope that that helped some people make that, uh, that transition. I know I'm still working from home as we record this, um, you know, so from my full-time job. So um, I've been able to practice what we preach that day. That's awesome. Um, So Krista, I shared a little bit about you in the intro, but I would love to hear from you in your own words, how you spend your time these days. Well, I spend most of my time during the day, um, during the week in my full-time job. I'm a project manager in the engineering and construction industry. So um, I spend uh, a, you know, a good 40 hours a week um, on my job. And then um, with my um, bonus time uh, in the evenings and on the weekends, I spend um, working with uh, women who are uh, Christian communicators and leaders in ministry and business, helping them um, manage their time, helping them get some, some strategies and some uh, workflows in place to be more effective and productive as they are pursuing their big God-sized dreams. So um, I love to work with people on strategy and putting some accountability around those things that they've 
committed to do. So I spend quite a few of my hours doing that. And then I spend um, some other hours with my family, my, um, my husband, my two grown children and my three-year-old grandson. So yeah, those are some pretty full days. Well, that sounds both full and fulfilling. So I, I love that. And I have to say, Krista, I especially love that you referred to your your time as your bonus time. Mm -hmm. So how long have you been using your bonus time to help other female entrepreneurs? Um, it's been about five years now, actually. Um, so it's been uh, a good a good time, and I've really learned a lot. I've learned from my clients, and I hope that they've learned from me as well. Um, so yeah, it's been about five years that I've been managing both sides of it. And I have to know, what inspired you to, instead of spending your bonus time just, you know, watching Netflix or you know, shopping online. You know, what inspired you to spend that time helping others achieve their dreams? Uh, well, I was volunteering with Proverbs 31 Ministries online Bible studies. And during that time, um, and it was kind of that time when I was uh, making the transition to the empty nest and I was looking for where God wanted me to spend my time. And I, I, became friends with a lot of women who were writers and, um, and creatives, and they had big, wild, audacious dreams, um, of things they wanted to do for God. But sometimes the creative side blocked the strategic side and they couldn't quite figure their ways towards the next step. And so I heard so many people say that, you know, I really would love to do this or that, but I don't know what to do. And that broke my heart that they were not doing the things that they dreamed of, that they felt called to do because they didn't know the next steps. When for me, seeing the next step is always the first thing that I see. So we were able to combine our strengths um, together and, and help people move forward um, and pursue their dreams with some strategy and some structure behind that. So that that's kind of how I got started. It, it, Krista, it's almost like you are, it's almost like you're creating a whole brain with your yeah. clients. And I know that sounds probably kind of crazy, but so as, as a part of my work with my time management clients, we always kick off our time together by doing the Myers-Briggs type indicator to really dig into their personality preferences. And I, I'm a big personality assessment junkie. And on the subject of the whole brain, a couple years ago, I had the honor of serving on a local nonprofit board. And for our board retreat, we were teamed up uh, with a roommate who was the opposite of us in terms uh -huh. of thinking. And so the roommate pairs created a whole brain. And it was, it was so neat because like you said, you very clearly see those next steps in that strategy that is, um, that, that you, you see that, but someone else may be a complete idea factory and it's just idea after idea and they're just not really sure what to do with it next. So I think that's so amazing that you recognized within yourself that you have that strategy, you have that ability and you're able to, you know, help people achieve these big, crazy, audacious dreams, um, by, you know, by teaming up. So tell me what is your favorite part of the work that you do? 
I love seeing the aha moments. I love to see when somebody comes back. Um, I just just today someone was commenting on something on Instagram, and she, she you know she said I've spent half the day implementing some of the strategies you taught me, and it's made such a huge difference. When I can see that transformation, when it goes from information to action that makes a difference, that really fuels me, and I I love to see when that happens. Absolutely. So here's a question. You've mentioned that working with these entrepreneurs that have these big dreams and these callings, that you'll help them implement strategies. Can you give me an example? Because the word strategy is a little bit broad. Can you give me an example of maybe a strategy that you have worked with a client to execute like in the last few weeks? Um, yeah, so one that I've been working with people on um, recently, um, I have a client who has a, a lot of a lot of paper, <laughs> and she and she just she couldn't it was piled everywhere, and so I have been helping her make the make um a plan for all that paper you know we can't she can't throw it all away she needs to organize it so i've done some organizational things with her um and so and with some other clients recently i've really been helping them as they're trying to grow their own audience and their own um their own influence and impact they're kind of stuck in their own little circle and so one of the strategies that we use is to expand your circle by creating partnerships with other people. So helping people go from the circle of people that they know to a circle of people that they don't know by partnering with others and working together in a way that benefits both of them. That's one of the big strategies that I've been working with people on recently. Oh, that is so exciting. You know, so many people go into this solo business ownership, you know, and get this idea that everything has to be done on their own. Have you encountered that with your clients? Yeah, we think that everything has to be done on our own. And we think if we work hard enough at doing it on our own, that other people are going to notice us and want to be part of whatever it is we're doing. And that's really just not the way it works. It right. works better if we do it with other people and let other people help us draw the people who really need what we have. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, I do see that all the time. We just, we want to, we think we just need to work hard, work hard, work hard and everything people will notice and they'll invite us to do all these things with them. And that it just doesn't happen that way. No, you're so right. So I love that you're helping others cultivate partnership because Mm -hmm. that's such an important part of, and it's not just about growing your business and making money, although the whole point is to make money. It's it's what you do with that. It's it's creating that purpose. It's 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 how you serve with it. So no, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for those examples. So, Krista, between your full time job, because let's not forget you're you're doing that solid for around you know forty hours a week in the engineering industry, and you're using your bonus time to help female Christian entrepreneurs, you know, achieve their goals and make their dreams a reality. Plus you've got your family to love on, you know, how exactly do you do all of these things? Well, 
Um, I hope I do them fairly well. <laughs> Some weeks I'm not so sure that I do them all well. Hey, we, um, we do our best, right? Yeah, we do our best. Um, I do. Um, I know I, I'm a planner. I try to keep things organized and scheduled um, so that I'm, I can keep things uh, straight. I use um, the calendar in my phone as my main calendar for everything. Everything goes on that calendar. Um, because I can integrate my work calendar with my personal calendar in that space. So um, everything goes on my calendar and my phone. Um, so for, to be specific though, which app is it? Is it the iCal app? I, that, it's the iPhone, regular iPhone calendar. The Apple app. calendar. Okay. Awesome. Um, cool. And for I use for my, yes, yes. And I integrate my Google. So for work, we have Outlook. So there's an Outlook calendar. And then for my personal and my business, I use Google Calendar. So mm-hmm. the iPhone native calendar can integrate both of those All through of range and through the Google Calendar. So that's why I use that. So I can see both of those calendars at one time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very cool. So you've got, you've got a bird's eye view over everything. That's awesome. Yeah. So I use that. And then the other thing that I use really heavily is Trello. I use that mostly for my business. And so I've got, you know, several different boards in Trello where I plan out my projects, my content. Um, I keep track of my clients in Trello um, and, you know, the, my notes regarding them and where we are on the projects we're working for with them. Um, All the content for my mastermind is in Trello. So I use Trello extensively to keep all of my information and my projects organized. So if you are listening right now and you have listened to a single other episode of this podcast, you have probably heard me mention Trello before as an absolute favorite project management organizational tool. But pretending that you've never listened to an episode of mine before, Krista, can you tell us a little bit about what Trello is and why you like it so much? I love Trello because it's well, so Trello is a visual planning tool. And so um, it, it has boards, lists, and cards. That's the three things you really, you know, you need to know about it. So you can, for example, I have a board for all of my clients. And then under the board, I have a list for each client. And on each client's list, I have a card that has all of their contact information. I have a card that had where I track how many sessions we've had. And then I have a card for each session. So I can keep my information organized that way. Um, there's also functions that you can use for Um, for scheduling projects and your next steps for projects and move them from a to do doing and done kind of Kanban type um, type system on a Trello board. Um, The reason I love it is, and there's lots of other things that are similar to this Asana. And um, I think Airtable has some of the same types of, of abilities. I love Trello for two reasons. One, because it's very simple. Um, other ones, fancier ones have more capabilities and more integrations and things like that. But Trello is very simple. It's easy to use. I can share it with my clients. They can, you know, they can see what I see. Um, and it's not a big learning curve for them to be able to use Trello with me as we're working on projects together. And then the other thing I love about Trello is that the 
the phone app, it has almost all of the same capabilities as the desktop does. So I can go from, um, from in front of my desktop, planning things out and then have them with me on my, on the go on my phone. Um, so that I can, I can see it there as well. And I have almost all the same capabilities. So that's the, I love Trello for those two reasons. <laughs> Hi, Trello. If you're listening, um, you're invited to sponsor both me and Krista because we are clearly super fans. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm actually, I'm going to put a link to Trello in the show notes, of course, under the resources mentioned in this episode so that you can check out Trello for free. I, I love Trello. I use it in my business and my life as well. And I use the free version. It gives me everything I need. And just like you said, it's super simple. So instead of this entire episode turning into a 30 minute Trello love fest, which I, I know that it could. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so tell me so what else, like what are the routines or tools or techniques that you use in your day-to-day -day life, in your work to just help you stay on top of, you know, managing your different clients and staying on top of your full-time work? Um, one of the things that really helps me is I do have a Sunday evening planning time. So it's every Sunday evening from 7.30 to 8.30. Um, I actually invite my Do A New Thing community to do like a, it's sort of like a co-working um, Zoom meeting, but it's really a co-planning Zoom meeting. We just you know get out our planners, to-do lists, calendars, whatever tools we use and spend that time intentionally um, planning for our week. And that to me is what really sets my whole week up um, for the coming week. Um, and then one of the other things um, that I do, um, I really encourage people to do is when we create those plans and we put, um, we put all of the important things on there, doctor's appointments and, um, you know, meetings with friends and, you know, getting the kids to whatever event they have to go to or whatever, but we also put time on our calendar for us, for the things that we need to do, whether it's for me to do um, my work for my clients, to write for my blog, or for someone else to do whatever projects or work is important to them. I really encourage people to treat those appointments like you would a important doctor's appointment. So if you had this thing on your calendar, if I have on my calendar that I'm going to spend Thursday afternoon writing blog posts and a friend comes along and says, um, you know, Hey, can you come, let's go get coffee Thursday afternoon. And I look at my calendar, I can say, would I change this appointment? If it was a doctor's appointment, would I change this to go have coffee with my friend? And the answer is probably no. I need to keep my plan like I have it and tell my friend I can go with you on Friday or Saturday or whenever I can work it into my calendar. But sometimes when that friend comes to you and she says, oh, I've just lost my job and I'm so upset oh, yeah. and I need someone mm -hmm. to comfort me or whatever. I need to talk, talk it out with somebody. Would I change my plan for a doctor's, my, my doctor's appointment for something like that? Then yes, I would. So then it's okay for me to change my plan for what I was planning to do, figure out how I'm going to reschedule it to go and, um, and meet with my friend. For me, planning is not just putting everything in a big box and now it's fixed and it's structured and you have to do exactly everything you have planned. 
the plan gives you the ability to make smart decisions about mm-hmm. when you need to change it and when you don't need to change it. So it becomes a framework for decision making, not a um, not a structure that you have to check off and stay boxed within all the time. I hope that makes sense. Oh, ab- absolutely. No, you did a fantastic job of explaining that because creating something like your plan for the week in a weekly planning session, which by the way, if you're interested in learning more about how to plan your own weekly planning session, head back to episode four of It's About Time, where I talk about how you can start doing a weekly planning session in order to win your week in 30 minutes or less. Um, but, But putting together that plan is not meant to be something so rigid that doesn't allow you to make changes. It's like you said, it's, it's guiding principles. It's, it's it's a guide. It's a template. It's not meant to be um, rigid to the point of limiting your ability to adapt because that's what life is all about. It's adapting and being able to get coffee with your friend when they really need your support. But it's also having the self-integrity to stick to those appointments that you make with yourself so that you can stay on track to reach your goals. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It informs you to make good decisions. Absolutely. Okay. So what else, Krista, what else helps you, um, helps you tackle everything between work and um, your bonus time and your family? Um, wow. Uh, just, I think just really uh, having some, having a place set up where I do my work. Um, <laughs> we just moved into a new house And so we have an office in the house and I have a desk and I have a place where all my things are. um, So I don't have to drag them out of the corner. Um, Mm -hmm. Every time I want to do, do work or um, every time I have a few minutes to grab um, it's easily set up and I can easily just jump in right where I am to, um, to get some things done. So I think having a place set up where, where I can work comfortably and quickly and not have to waste half of the little bit of time I have dragging everything out. I think that really helps me. Right. That actually takes me back to some of what we talked about back in our bonus episode about remote work, just having a space, a separate space set up so that you can mentally make that, you know, environmental transition to work mode. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. 
In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, in all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. So you mentioned Trello as being a digital planning tool that you love. So we can both agree that Trello is fantastic. And you and I both are big fans of digital tools in general. One of those big benefits being that something like your calendar app, you know, you can take your calendar with you anywhere and you're not worried about you know, leaving a paper planner in a doctor's office, or uh, you can take your to-do list with you through Trello. So tell me just a little bit about, you know, any other digital tools that you use and sort of, you know, what inspired you to make the jump to, um, to digital tools? Well, I think what, I think those are the main ones that I, that I use my, my, um, my calendar on my phone and Trello. Um, and then, but I think what really inspired me was that I was, I started a job where I was traveling a lot. And so I was back and forth different places and I needed to be able to have my plans with me all the time. And I didn't have, um, space or I didn't want to make my bag heavy enough with a paper planner in it. So I really needed to be able to have everything on my phone quickly and easily in order to continue doing all the things that I do. And so I realized that there were several benefits to, um, to keeping a paper, to keeping a digital planner. And I began to make the transition. And so, you know, making, uh, doing digital planning, is really flexible. If I, if something changes, I can just pick it up and drag it to the next week or moving it from here and there. It's very easy Um, to move things around and to replan as they come up. Um, It's faster. Like you said, it takes less than 30 minutes um, to set up a week um, in the digital, in the, in a digital planner, because you can copy and paste and drag and drop and all that stuff. So having it handy is, is really good. Um, Having it portable um, we've talked about. And I think the other thing is having it searchable. That's another big thing for me is because I do keep notes about different things in my different um, digital tools. And so when I want to recall those things, I can easily put it in the search bar and pull it out instead of flipping through pages and pages and this year's planner and last year's planner and all those things. It's all handy right there in the app or the the system I'm using that I can search it and retrieve it really, really easily. That's a really good point. I earlier this week realized that it has been a very long time since I 
had a check-in with my orthodontist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had I had Invisalign um, for the past year-ish. I don't even remember. Uh, and I knew I had an appointment coming up at some point, and I did. I hopped in the search bar and I searched for you know orthodontist and boom, found it and was good to go. And I wouldn't have been able to do that with a paper planner. So I'm sure that we do have some diehard paper planner users listening who are just, you know, clutching their paper planners and saying, no, I'm not going to give it up. Um, And I'll even admit, I use a little bit of a hybrid method. I use my Google Calendar as a reference. That's where everything lives. But I use my paper planner day to day just to write the day's priorities because that handwritten process is really good for helping me just reinforce what my priorities for the day are. But so Krista, based on your, you know, your recommendations to recap it, you know, if there are four solid reasons to make the transition from a paper planner to digital, uh, is it fair to say that flexible, it's faster, it's portable, and it's searchable, right? Those are the four reasons. Yep. (laughs) Flexible, faster, portable, and searchable. So something to consider, my paper planner friends. So if you're listening and you're starting to kind of see some of the benefits of making this transition from paper planner to digital planner, or maybe you're up for a hybrid method like I am, you know, Krista, I'd love to hear from you you know, how did you make the switch to going all digital or, um, or just what was that like for you? Well, you know, I've tried it like lots of people have. We've, we've tried it many, many times before in the past. And we usually all make the same mistakes when we try it the first or second or third time. And so for me, um, with my analytical brain, I had to start by looking at what has made me fail at this in the past? Because like I said, I've tried it many times and was never successful. Um, So what was making it unsuccessful in the past? And I came up with three main reasons that I had not been successful. One was that I was using someone else's planning system. You know, I have a planning system. You have a planning system. There's a hundred of them out there or more thousands of them out there. Um, but none of those planning systems are right for everybody. And so sometimes we try to, we look at what someone else is doing and say, oh, I'm going to do exactly that. Okay. But, um, but that usually doesn't work because you're not exactly like me. And so you will need to take what I do as inspiration and good ideas and good practices and then adapt them to how they work for you. So Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Huh? I'm, I'm over here just like, yes, amen, amen. I mean, when, when I work with my clients, you know, I, I use the words, you know, time management is not a one size fits all solution. And it's, to- it's totally clear that you agree with that. Yeah. And it, that's not just talking points. That's not just lip service. Like that's no. real. And anyone who has worked with me one-on-one knows that, you know, we'll start with a framework, but we'll take your personality preferences and we will test drive things and we will really hone in on a system that actually works. And sometimes 
that takes a little bit of time to figure out, but I'm sure that you can agree. Like once you really commit to making that switch because of the benefits that you shared, um, you can, you can, you can figure it out and you can make it your own. So no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So the second mistake I found was trying to use unfamiliar planning tools. So while I think everyone does need to, um, learn to use Trello or something, I would love the whole world to be in Trello. But, um, but when, when we first starting out to make this switch, we try, we, we grab onto sometimes some special, oh, I heard Anna say that uh, Trello was great. So I'm going to go put everything in Trello. And so you're trying to put in place a new habit of going digital and trying to learn new software at the same time. It can be really frustrating. So mm-hmm. I try to encourage people to start with something you already have and you already know how to use. And, and use that to start developing the habit of picking up your phone instead of picking up that paper planner. And then once you have that habit in place of looking in the digital space, then you will naturally look for better ways to use your digital space using tools. But start out simple. Just start simple where you are um, for what you really need to make your first step and then start adding some of these other tools to it as you grow in your habit of che- of checking digitally instead of in your paper. You know, that's a really good point that you made about making that transition to digital planning. It's not just a new process, but it's creating a new habit as well. And mm-hmm. right, that can be really overwhelming and new good habits are harder to implement and make stick than we might realize. And this whole, you know, it takes 21 days or it takes 66 days, all of that goes out the window when it's something that you're just not used to. You know, one strategy that I have found works for a lot of people is habit pairing. And that's taking something that you already do during your day that's already an ingrained habit and piggybacking a new habit onto that existing habit. So for example, if every morning the first thing you do is open your inbox, let's say that's something you, if you open your inbox, if you, if you begin to make it automatic, okay, open my inbox, open Trello, boom, that then can help you cultivate that habit. Nope. That's, that's great. Um, And and a very good point because the last thing we want to do is be overwhelmed whenever we're trying to to use something that makes our life easier, right? Yeah. The other place that overwhelm comes from is trying to switch from paper to digital all at once, which is the same thing in any big major change you're trying to make in life, whether it's starting to eat healthy or exercise or keep your room clean or whatever it is. We go in with like lots of enthusiasm and we spend, I mean, I've I've been there, done that. I've done the David Allen, get things done, three days of touching every piece of paper in your office and putting it yeah. someplace. And you make this big change all at once. And it's just too overwhelming. You can't keep up with all those little things that you changed um, all at once. And so I think it's really important that when we're trying to make these big changes like this in our lives, no matter what type of change it is, that you just make one small change. Right. Just make one thing, do that consistently until it's become a habit, and then add another thing. 
and then add another thing. And, and so instead of, it may take you longer to make Mm -hmm. that change, but it's also going to stick. So, Mm -hmm. so six months down the line, you've got a new system that's working for you instead of six months down the line, you're looking back at that big change you made that only lasted two or three weeks. Exactly. That's, that's a really great point. It can be so overwhelming to switch all at once. And I know that a a lot of times I'll share with people that, oh, I have a Trello board for everything. I have a Trello board for clients and my podcast. And when I launch new products and when I do this and when I do that, but I didn't start that way. I started with one Trello board that kept my to-do list for the week. And gradually added. And as I was comfortable with the platform and made it an ingrained habit, I would add something else and see an opportunity for something else. So no, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so then, you know, it's you, when I, when I was able to identify what those three sticking points were that, um, that really caused me to fail in the past, then I was able to move forward with, you know, with just some, some ways that I knew would help me make, make it successful. Instead of changing everything at once, I changed one thing. I started with the most painful spot, which for me was my calendar. I was, um, you know, I was missing appointments. I was double booking appointments. It was just a mess. So for me, I started with my calendar for you. It may be your to-do list. There's Mm -hmm. no magic formula, but wherever things are most painful, start there and get some quick wins using the tools that you have already, that you already know how to use. Start in that most painful spot and, um, and use the tools you have. And then to start getting a vision for what digital planning would look like for you. You mentioned that you use a hybrid method. I do as well. I couldn't, in the beginning, I couldn't imagine taking notes for my client meetings in my computer that Mm. I just wanted to write them down. That's Mm -hmm. the way I visualized it. And so I set up my system to allow me to do that. Mm -hmm. Over time, I found that it was now I'm used to things. It's easier for me to take them in my, in my Trello app. Mm -hmm. So, um, visualizing how it looks like for you, what you think you're going to be comfortable with, and then getting to that point before you push yourself into something that you're not quite as comfortable with. That's how I got, that's how I got started. Wow, Krista, that is incredibly valuable because not only have you, you know, taken the time to identify, you know, what those common mistakes are whenever you're making that transition from, you know, lugging around a paper planner with, you know, coffee cup rings and papers falling out of it to going digital and being, you know, light and breezy and just, you know, having your info with you all the time on your phone or on your tablet or on your computer. But you've also shared with us those three secrets, those three tips that really can make for a successful transition from paper planning to digital. So I want to recap those three secrets real quick. Let me know if this is right or if it needs editing, okay? Okay. So first you would say is starting with your biggest pain point. So if you feel like your calendar is all over the place, start there first and to get that on track before you move on to other parts in your life. Correct. 
Okay. And then second, you would say it's to use the tools that you have rather than seeking out some kind of perfect and potentially complicated tool or system, just kind of starting with what you've got. Right. Start with what you have and what you're comfortable using. Perfect. And then the third, the third piece of making a successful transition is visualizing what you think you'll be comfortable with and aiming for that. Oh, that's right. And then once you get there, you may find you're ready to take a a more drastic step. And then adding a little bit more and adding a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, well, I, I can't tell you enough just how how useful this has been, even as a refresher for me. I, like I use digital planning on a regular basis. I encourage my clients to look into digital digital planning and record keeping simply, you know, because of those four reasons that you stated: it being flexible, faster, portable, and searchable. So, I'd love to know, like, what have we missed? What about the paper to digital planning switch have we not talked about in our time together today? I think just a little bit more about taking those steps and um, and just kind of want to maybe outline for you to give you a realistic view of how long it takes if you're going to do it in steps. So when I did it, I started first with my calendar, like I said, and I worked that for three to four weeks. I put every single thing in my calendar. I even used the notes that go along with the calendar if I needed to put it in an address or something I needed to remember bring, to bring with me to that appointment. I, I really worked the calendar hard for three to four weeks until I was using it very faithfully and getting everything out of it. Then I spent two or three weeks working on my to-do list and um, putting it in some digital form. There's tons of to-do list apps. There can be just the task list on your phone. You can use a to-do list app. You can go ahead and start putting it in Trello. You can use the reminders. Um, But just putting the to-do list and kind of categorizing them into different areas of life instead of having one big long to-do list that's a whole nother thing we could talk about. <laughs> no, amen. I'm all about making it as bite-sized as yeah. possible so it's not as overwhelming. Yeah. So I spent two or three weeks working on the to-do list to make it, um, you know, to I was comfortable using it as my go-to when I needed to remember what I needed to be doing during any period of time. And then after I did that, then I started working on that weekly plan and, and weekly review. So in that 30 minute Sunday evening or whenever time works for you, not only making your plan for the next week, but looking back at your past week and understanding what went well, what went wrong, what you need to do to make the next week go better, right? And um, celebrating so- wins. Don't forget about celebrating the good yeah. things. Yeah. And so I spent about four weeks then just kind of implementing that weekly plan and weekly review. And then that's where I got to the point where that was the vision that I had. And Mm -hmm. so now after that, I looked at where I was and evaluated what what next steps I wanted to take. And I started the cycle all over again. So just kind of breaking things up into bite-sized pieces, doing that thing for three or four weeks doing the next thing for three or four weeks, doing the next thing for three or four weeks. Um, and and I think within about three months, you can have a pretty good working digital um, 
plan where you're comfortable and things are become being um, habits now that you can work through a little bit easier. So Krista, since this is this is not an overnight transformation, and most worthwhile transformations are not, they take time, they take troubleshooting, you know, how did you keep going while you were making this transition that is so easy to, you know, it's easy to get overwhelmed, it's easy to get frustrated, you know, how did you keep putting one foot in front of the other? one digital foot in front of the other and, you know, continue toward making this transition? You know, what, basically, what kept you going when times got tough? Well, I think two things. One was I, I kind of had some accountability, I had a little tracker where I was keeping track, you know, did I check my calendar this morning? Did I do my weekly plan this week? You know, we like to, especially some of us kind of type A rule follower, people like to make those check marks and see our little sticker chart fill in, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's back in kindergarten where we want all of our stickers filled in. Um, but so I, I had one of those. And then also I think to just seeing and the, the difference that it made. Mm-hmm. So even though on some days it was frustrating, but it, the frustrating days reminded me how good the good days were. So if I missed my weekly planning session for one week or two weeks, I realized I felt it. I knew, Mm -hmm. oh, this week was hard because I didn't have a plan and I didn't get as much done this week as I needed to because I didn't have a plan to get it done. So really um, remembering the, the, the weekly review is a good way, like you said, to celebrate the wins and just to sit back for a minute and think, wow, that really felt good to have Mm -hmm. a whole, have my week planned out and things basically went the way that they were, they did. And when they got off track, I had a good framework for making decisions, how to get back on track. So um, celebrating those wins and and realizing the difference that it made um, really helped keep me going and pushing me forward. And it's great because you essentially combine two different reward systems here. Mm -hmm. By having the grid in the tracker, you've got that external you know, you've got that external reward of of crossing something off a list, like Jerry Seinfeld and not breaking the chain. Um, right. Have you heard? Have you heard the Jerry Seinfeld not break the chain story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell it real quick. Um, basically, um, Jerry Seinfeld was asked in an interview or asked by a young comic, you know, how he became so successful, and his recommendation for this young comic was to write a joke every single day and that he, you know, had a calendar and every day that he, like one of those big wall calendars, every day that he wrote a joke, he put a big X on that calendar. And after a while, those X's start to add up and they make a chain. And then your one job becomes to not break the chain, to keep that chain going. And so you've got that, you know, external reward of seeing the chain, but that internal intrinsic reward of reaping the benefits of making the transition, of sticking to the habits, of really turning it from a habit into a solid routine and making it a part of your identity. I mean, that's what really keeps you going. Yeah, it does. And and to see other people see what I'm doing and say, oh, I wish I could get there. I wish I could do that. And then being able to, 
you know, give them some tips on how they can when other people recognize that what you've done has made a difference in your life and they want to see that kind of transformation for themselves as well. That's when you really realize that you have internalized what you've done. It's become part of who you are and what people notice about you. Absolutely. So Krista has actually created a really fantastic resource for any of you listening who are interested in making that transition from paper planning to digital. Krista, would you tell us just a little bit about what you have for us? Um, yeah, it's a tracker that um, it's broken down into the four steps that I used. So the um, the the calendar, the to do list, the weekly plan, and then the evaluation. Um, and it's got spots for you to break those down and check off if you're doing that thing during that time frame. So, but you could change the categories to whatever steps you want to take. But it gives you like you know a place to check off your. Um, your that you've checked your calendar every day for three weeks. You can check them off as you go. That you've that you've managed your to do list every day for two or three weeks. You can check them off as you go. So it's kind of that little check sheet to let you see where your X's are that you're not breaking the chain and that you are moving. You're progressing through to different levels of incorporating digital planning into your life. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for putting that together for us. You'll be able to grab that grid over in the show notes. Um, And, you know, with that, Krista, thank you so much for the wealth of information and inspiration and strategy that you have provided for us in this episode. Um, I would love to hear, you know, what's coming up for you? What's going, what's next in your life? Um, Well, I'm, I'm working on um, a new course that, um, that probably will be out by the time that this airs. Um, it, that is around creating partnerships. Um, and then I also, um, have a mastermind group, um, that I, um, that I run that will be opening in September again. So those two things are coming up on, on my business side, you know, personally, I, like I said, I'm still working from home and eventually I'm thinking I'm going to go back to the office. I'm not really sure when that'll be. Um, but, uh, I thought it'll be another big change that we have to manage as I have to go back to working um, in, in an office again. So some big things coming up. Yeah. Uh, all about the transitions. It's just one yeah. transition to the next, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Krista, thank you again so much for joining me today and for sharing such amazing insights and actionable tips for making this transition from paper to digital with our listeners. Um, really happy to have you, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. Thanks, Krista. And there you have it. If Krista has inspired you to make the switch from lugging around your paper planner to the easy breezy digital planning life, you won't want to miss the free downloadable guide she created that's waiting for you over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 38. You'll also find links to the other productivity tools and apps she mentioned, as well as the details on Krista's free workshop, Growing Together keys to landing online partnerships. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. 
Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.